What's going on, everybody? Nighttide here once again with a DM vlog. DM talk? Dungeon talk. Yeah, one of those things. We're, I still haven't figured out what I want to call this. I'm just calling them the DM vlogs right now, but we'll see. Anyway, welcome. So this is number two. Uh, we have completed our second session. And it's funny, I kind of called it in the first session how I wouldn't be mad if we spent the entire session in the city of Phandalin because there's just a lot of RP to do there. Way more RP than I thought was, was going to happen. That said, it was so good, but it was also a really cool experience for me to see how much effort goes into creating a town that's, that's thriving. I mean, we didn't even get through half the NPCs that we could have in town. It's important to realize how many NPCs can be in just a small settlement, not even a city. I mean, like, if, if this were to happen in a city like Waterdeep or Neverwinter or, or some of these bigger cities, like, the amount of people that you could encounter as NPCs, and it, it really kind of threw me for a loop, and I guess that's my first thing, was how much effort can go into creating NPCs. And not that they have to have a full backstory or anything, not that they have to have, you know, a full thing, but, like, you need to know how they're going to talk how they're going to act, what their disposition towards the party is. Um, you need to have an idea of what their motivation is, if there's things that they want, if there's things that they are afraid of. There's just all of these different mixtures that go into it. And I ended up putting a lot of nuance into them on top of what was already there. So in order to hype up kind of the red brand threat in town, and if again, if you haven't seen the episode, go see the episode. It's up on YouTube already do it um but if i'm assuming you've seen it so spoilers ahead um i i turned the lion shield coster into a place that was a bit more run down like it had been attacked by bandits because she sells weapons and armor if you sold weapons and armor and there was a group of red brand ruffians that are roughing up everybody in town you probably would be going after weapons and armor too from an easy place that you could get it. And if there was a merchant that had a whole bunch of good stuff, well, then why wouldn't you try and break in and steal things, right? So I kind of made their store a little bit more run down. And I kept with the book on a number of other things, but I kind of took these little liberties. Like, Lenine was already not willing to work with Red Brands as her character's backstory to begin with. So for me, it wasn't a rough extension to kind of take that a step further and say, well, maybe she's been raided by them. Maybe they've been bandits to her, uh, to her place and, and have really roughed up her store in a meaningful way. And then that was the next part. So here's NPCs that all have their stories, that all have their motivations and needing to come up with a way to describe all of these things. I found myself as I was prepping for this session, taking a lot of time to really look at what the module had to offer in terms of descriptions of them, like what their race was, what their age was, um, and then also about their establishments. I mean, like here, I'm gonna, let me pull. It's just, I, I literally have the module open to the miners exchange. It says the miners exchange is a trading post where local miners have their valuables weighed, measured, and paid out in the absence of local authority, blah, 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 blah. There isn't a real gold rush, blah, 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 blah. There's literally nothing about what the miners exchange looks like, how it functions. Like it gives you the idea that there's this hustle and bustle with miners coming out trying to exchange goods, but it doesn't say anything. Whereas in other instances, in the event of the Lion Shield Coster, right? 
Hanging above the door, there's this modest trading post as a sign shaped like a wooden shield and a blue line painted on it. It gives us that little bit of text, but for most of these places, it gives us nothing to work with. So I went over into my notes and I was like, hey, I need to come up with, with what do these places look like? So I literally have a section in OneNote that has places and NPCs. And so I have all of my places list out and then as subpages, I have all of my NPCs. So for instance, the miners exchange, right? So all I have for this on the actual like place itself is the description. And I have it as a completely stone building that you might mistake for a prison if it wasn't hustling and bustling. The entrance had a large steel door with steel bars over the windows. A simple sign with golden scales is mounted over the door, letting you know this is the miners exchange. Inside resembles that of a bank with a thick wooden counter and steel bars running from the top of the counter to the ceiling. And there are a couple of tellers that are working to weigh and exchange materials with miners. Off to one side, you see a window that is marked for claims and records. Wait, so I was trying to take these, that's a very like basic description, but it at least paints a little bit of a picture of what this looks like. And I wanted to give my players something to go off of. Like I, I could have just kept it basic because I'm new and said, Hey, you're going to the miners exchange. It's a building where people exchange goods with miners and there's where you'll find the NPC Halia. Have fun. But I'm trying to make this world feel lived in cat. I'm trying to make the world feel lived in. And that's a lot harder to do. And I don't want to say harder. It, it takes a lot more effort than you think it does. Because again, you're running a module. You think, hey, the module is going to have everything I need. It may have everything you need. It certainly does not have everything to make your story immersive and to make it, um, you know, the way that you might want to make it. I mean, maybe you're okay with making the miners just change the way, but for me, I'm not. I want to make this world that feels lived in and I want my players to feel like, like as they're walking through town that they can do things. And, and even as I sit here, there's so many things that I feel like I can do better. Like, what are the roads like in Fandolin? As you walk down this dirt road, right? Uh, it's a dirt road in a settlement. You can see the heavy lines of horse tracks and, and carts as many of those come through on a day-to-day -day basis. The dust kicks up as you walk. Little, little details that are coming to me as I do this more and more. And again, I know this is only session two, but like these are things that, how can I describe this world more vividly? How can I make this feel better? And so I actually had a reprieve this week with everybody being in Fandolin for three hour session, talking to all these NPCs and having all these cool moments. Got children. <laughs> That's going to be the tagline for that episode. It's going to be one of our memorable moments, but there's so many opportunities for me as a DM to make this world feel more alive and to make these characters feel more alive. And I'm trying to recognize what those are and do them but I only have so much time. So for me, prioritizing the NPCs and the descriptions of the places to me was more important than really vetting out the dungeon that is Tresender Manor. So I didn't spend as much time on it. There's already a lot more descriptions of the dungeons in the module than there was of the town. So I felt like my time was best served really making the town feel alive and feel better for the players. And I, I think for the most part I did that. I think obviously you get better as you go and you get better at improv as you do it more. And I'm still so new in the mind to thinking about how to 
present these things to people for them to consume and make it feel real, authentic, fun. I don't know, but to, to make it feel better as part of the game and, and, a, and a better presentation for the game. So I didn't really do that for the, the manner at all. And so now I get to take what I know is going to probably be a fairly long dungeon run. And now I have all of this time this week to prepare for this session where I didn't have it before. So I'm going to take some more time and look through each of the different rooms of the dungeon and see if I can put together a better description of all these different zones so that it makes it feel better so that I can have them have more descriptive things. Like if there's traps or if there's this or that or the other, and I've got to be careful because it hasn't happened yet. Um, I got to, I want to make sure that those things are more evident to the players. And if I want to give them a breadcrumb or if I want to try and give them a hint that there might be something that they want to look for in the room that, that they might do that, you know, and give them the opportunity to have those types of plays. The other things that I'm learning aside from being all description is a completely different thing that whew, one, you don't have to do everything. And that was a scary proposition to me as someone who is intimidated a lot by the amount of stuff there is to do in this module. When you get to Fandolin, there are plethoras of quests that you can do. I mean, it feels like every NPC has a quest and that's kind of how it should be, right? There, there should be a lot to do. There's a lot here. There's, uh, I've, we've already talked about how there's a sign posted outside the town master's hall that says, hey, there's orc raids coming in, um, which kind of piqued the interest of our half-orc player. Uh, then there's the red brand threat, which is very evident. I mean, everyone you talk to is pissed off at the, at the red brands, right? So they're clearly and presently the most reasonable thing that the players feel like they should do next is take care of these, these red brand ruffians. And the game module literally almost tells you to force them into that, right? After this encounter, though, the game is going to open up greatly and there's going to be a lot more for them to do. So I feel like I need to take some of the time in between sessions to help kind of stub out some of these experiences too, even if I have to ad lib or improv a bunch of it. And I've kind of already thought through a number of those scenarios just kind of in passing or in the shower or, you know, on the toilet as we all make our best decisions. I've thought through these things and realized that one, I don't have to go exactly by the book. The book is there in case you need it and to help you to frame out the story that, that they've written and that you're trying to interpret through your own gameplay. And that's the other thing that is kind of a takeaway this week for me as a DM is that just because it's written that way doesn't mean I have to do it that way. Just because there is an option available doesn't mean I have to take it. If I don't want to present a side quest because I don't have time to create it, I don't have to, and that's okay. I'm not depriving them, uh, my players, of an experience by not offering them part of that experience. We're still having our experience. And to them, if it doesn't exist, that's not a bad thing. It's just... It doesn't exist. It was something that didn't make it into the game, right? And that is a that is a, a thing I think I'm going to take with me as I continue to move forward and DM more is that if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'd rather get the stuff that I present really good and have less of it than try and do too much and 
not have my players use it and then have the game res the resulting experiences within the game feel lesser. And that's an important takeaway. I think that there's there's um it's just an important takeaway. We'll just, we'll leave it at that. There's one other thing that I wanted to share with you this week. And it kind of goes back to NPCs that caught me off guard. And it it might seem like a like a, a, a silly little thing, but when you're the dungeon master, you play all the NPCs. All of them. So if you're, and this happened, the first time this happened for me was when I was at uh, the Stonehill Inn and I was playing Toblin. So, which is the, the innkeeper owner. I was playing Toblin. Then I had to play Toblin's wife who was coming over talking to Toblin. And then at one point I was playing Toblin's son who was in a room with his wife in Toblin. So not only are you having to, to manage multiple NPCs at one time, you're also having to interact with multiple NPCs at one time. So it's like, oh, you know, son, what are you talking about? Uh, why are you talking such nonsense? Yeah, I don't mean to be talking such nonsense. Son, you're talking nonsense. And actually having to make those conversations and those connections seem authentic and seem fun was something I was not ready for. And I think I did okay in the moment, but it hit me as I was doing that. It was a literal thought that I had. I was like, oh crap, I'm talking to myself. And the thing that I also remember thinking in that moment was, I have to be careful not to monopolize this conversation as NPCs. And I think that, that the hard thing in any... And anything so far has been balance. And I'm really trying to understand that when I'm in the dungeon master role, I'm mastering the game. I'm not playing the game. I still get to play as the NPCs and I still get to role play the monsters and I still get to have plenty of fun as a dungeon master, but I'm not playing the game. And so I don't want to bog the story down with excessive monologue from NPCs, I want the interactions to come from my players. And again, maybe that's just a me preference, but I feel like that's what's supposed to happen. Like that's, that's how it should be, is I shouldn't be dominating everything as a DM because they're the ones that are here playing the game. So I was trying to keep NPC conversation short and pointed um, and also play off of, of my players a good bit. And so where I needed to introduce Toblin's wife who talks about people being taken and, and Toblin's son who talks about how there's this other, you know, kid that he plays with that gave him some important information to convey to the players and just be Toblin who himself is trying to run a business while having a wife that can't keep her mouth shut and he's worried about getting his business, you know, accosted by bandits and his son who's been talking to this other boy who's clearly been in trouble and doing things and being concerned for his son. There's all these different emotions that get packed into that, that make you realize in an instant, because I hadn't prepared for that. I had all of those other bits on their own prepared, but not that central bit of how that all connects. And so now it's making me think more about how the NPCs are connected together and potential when you're in a single space of having to use them to play off of each other and how much more immersive you can make that experience without dominating the conversation. So lots of cool things to take away from DMing this week. 
but yeah, I think that's going to do it. That's going to do it for this vlog. I think I've gone on long enough about a bunch of different stuff. It's so much fun though. My players seem to be having fun. I think the, the biggest compliment that I could have possibly had this week is the fact that my players all said they had a really good time, despite the fact that we didn't kill anything. Um, we, we just RP'd basically for three hour session. Yeah. Ish a three hour ish session and just straight RP within town and everybody still had a good time. And so that makes me feel good that even in a gameplay where we have less combat and, and more talking and more maneuvering and more buying and selling, which that was its own pain in the butt, but everybody still had a good time. And so I think that's a win. That's a win for me as a DM. Everybody still had a good time despite us having less action and more story development. And so I think that was, it was good. I'm going to take that as a win. That being said, please make sure that you are checking out the rest of the content on this channel and subscribing to Dungeon Knights. I will be providing the weekly sessions that we have from our, our you know, sessions. Come follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash nighttide on Saturday nights right around 10 or 11 p.m. Eastern. We've been starting a little later. Then, as always, I'll be posting more of these vlogs as we go through because they're just fun. <sighs> but you guys have a great week, and I'll see you guys next time. Adios.